Welcome to the June episode of ATD in the D Today podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Ertman, and I volunteer on the ATD Detroit Chapters Programs Committee. The ATD in the D Today podcast was first launched in April of this year by our chapter president, Mike Haynes. Podcasting is hotter than ever. As many of you know, there are so many available on iTunes and Spotify. And I feel that we as instructional design professionals really have the opportunity to leverage this medium for our learning interventions and help disseminate information out to our learners. And so this month, we're circling back to Mike and his behind the scenes colleagues to talk about how to create a podcast, what equipment you need, what kind of software, some editing tips and tricks, and finally, where to host your masterpiece. So before we get to our conversation, let's take a moment for this announcement. ATD Detroit would like to thank one of its partnering sponsors, Intrepid Learning. Intrepid empowers organizations to solve high-stakes business challenges through engaging, collaborative, and applied learning at scale. Find out more about what they can do for you at intrepidlearning.com. This month's episode is all about podcasting. You're about to hear from Mike Haynes, Nick Harmon, and Matt Naldani, who work behind the scenes on the ATD in the D Today podcast. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'll start with you, Mike. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Haynes, uh, chapter president for ATD Detroit. Uh, I've been the, the host for all four episodes so far that we've had and started the podcast and, and just sort of hang around in that. I'm Nick Harmon. I'm an audio engineer for a company called Ready Training Online. I do some training videos for uh, convenience stores, hotels, and restaurants. And I am an editor and recorder for a podcast called Culture, Culture of Convenience. Hey, my name is Matt Nadalny. Uh, the way that I know Mike is I'm the creator, editor, and one of the hosts of a podcast called Go Mode, A Link to the Past Randomizer podcast. And uh, for work uh, during the day, I am I work in digital marketing, specifically in search engine optimization. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm very interested in hearing all about the podcasting process, and I have a lot of questions for you guys. Um, I have my favorite podcasts that I listen to every day, including ATD and the D Today, and I'm really interested to hear about how to start creating a podcast because I think as instructional designers, we can really capitalize on this medium as a way to disseminate information to our learners. Um, so Mike, I'm curious to know what prompted you to start the ATD podcast for Detroit? So as we all know, you know, the year we've been through just things being crazy, um, ATD Detroit has been a in-person based organization for forever since its inception and you know doing monthly meetings and lots of networking and in-person events and we just couldn't do that and uh, the feedback that we received from members and from just people in the profession were just they're kind of tired of webinars and tired of you know the synchronous uh, always having to be on the the call kind of programs i mean they still love those things we still do those and they're great but they wanted something else right so we wanted to create some sort of asynchronous resource um, while being able to also showcase what's going on in the area. So um, we thought up, I thought a podcast would, would be great. A couple of us said, yeah, let's, let's do that. And I just sort of jumped at it. 
Um, and then, you know, having done a little bit of audio stuff in the back in my background, um, like Matt said, there's a podcast that has to do with one of my favorite hobbies, playing a video game. Um, but they've had a long, long-standing podcast, and I so I reached out to Matt and said, "Hey, how do you do a podcast?" And that sort of kicked it off from there. This is actually any podcaster's dream come true, by the way. When someone reaches out and is like, "I love what you do. How do I do it?" Like they will talk your ear off, and and that's pretty much what I did. And then from there, uh, Nick, who's also uh, a huge nerd like the rest of us, because this all comes back from our our hobby as, as video game uh, folks. Uh, you know, he's an audio engineer. And so I said, Hey, Nick, how do I make this audio better? And uh, we kind of went from there. It was definitely one of those things. He's like, wow, your audio sounds good. How do I do that? And so I just, we had a session and tweaked what I could and sounds a lot better now. And I want to point out just from the beginning, again, we're talking about this, this all derived from a hobby of mine, a hobby of the three of us. So, you know, we've said on, on previous episodes and we say it all the time in the field, start with what you are passionate about. Start with what you love. Build from there into your kind of day job, your your corporate life. You know, that's kind of what we're doing here. Oh, it's excellent. And I think that uh, you're an inspiration to us all that, you know, you can just kind of jump right into it. Um, so how do you think the podcast is going so far, Mike? Have you been getting a lot of listeners yeah, so we've, we've gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, people all over the place like it. Uh, it's not just people in our field. Um, it's gotten shared a, a little bit with, obviously, the guests we've had have shared it with their companies. And, um, you know, we've shared it with some friends and family members who aren't necessarily in training or learning. And there's a lot of stuff where we can learn here with this podcast that, you know, we're applying to our field, but it can reach out. So, so I, I think one of our goals with this podcast is, yes, we're focused on our members first because that's what we are, a member organization. But I mean, everybody can benefit from things like making a big career change, which was the last episode, or um, some things that are coming up, things in, um, on uh, academic, the academic world of learning and, and adult and child learning theories, stuff that are in the work. So, you know, we, we've got a bigger picture now, I think, with, with the podcast than just focusing on the industry itself. Absolutely. So what kind of equipment does one need to get started? So I've always been a, I've always been a firm believer of like the less things you need, the better off you are. Um, the cool thing about podcasting is if you really wanted to, you could just sit down with your phone, set it on a table and record yourself. You could use your headphones. Um, a lot of them have mics built into them, but there are a lot of really good budget friendly options. Um, a lot of good USB microphones. You can just plug into your computer and start recording um, up to, if you have a budget, a couple hundred dollar microphones and interfaces, um, and a program like we're using right now, Audacity is completely free. You can record right into it and you can drop files into it. If you have like a soundtrack, you want to add to it, you just drag it and drop and it's super, super easy. The equipment is something that obviously you're going to, it's like, once you get into podcasting, you'll, you'll probably get more interested in what you need. Um, but I would say if you are interested in starting one, uh, I wouldn't even worry too much about your equipment. Um, like Nick said, you you can just use a phone and get going. Uh, but I'm I'm a very firm believer of the fact that you you need to start something. I think a lot of people just kind of sit on ideas and wait, and they they never materialize. And I know that's definitely true for me, and especially those of us who can kind of be perfectionists sometimes. You know, we don't want to start unless we know it's going to be perfect. So. 
I finally just one day with my podcast was like, I just, we just need to go. I just, I'm just going to try it. I'm, you know, uh, hundreds, thousands of people have figured this out. Why not me? And, and, you know, with a little bit of Googling and, you know, like Mike said, reaching out to people who are already doing it, that, that you know and respect um, goes a long way. But my advice is just do start with something and, uh, and go from there and, and then keep doing things. And what's fun too is the format, you know, and how, how choosing how, how you want to do the format of your podcast. The three of us here, Nick, Matt, and I, you know, are, are these three podcasts that are, are completely different in the format. Um, as you know, you know, from listening to previous episodes, ATD uh, in the D is uh, a guest space, right? We interview guests, we talk to people different. It's kind of more about the guests and what they do. Um, Nick and Matt, you know, I'd love to hear kind of share what your formatting is and how that's different from, from what we're doing here. Ours is a uh, business-based um, culture and convenience. It's all about how we can combine the needs of the business with the needs of the people. Um, it's our tagline. Um, so I'm glad I got it right. Um, we have things all the way from like our early episodes are on like recruiting, interviewing, onboarding. Um, we have stuff on self-care and like HR topics like communication and harassment, um, as well as our last one was dealing with difficult people within the workplace. So it's uh, definitely business oriented, but it's uh, between our CEO and our producer kind of back and forth. And we, we've had, I think, two or three guests on so far. The uh, podcast that I uh, started and, and host bi-weekly with a couple of my uh, co-hosts, um, uh, I, I was kind of trying to emulate the style of podcast that I like. And that is the kind where you're kind of, you're listening to a conversation happen and you're sort of a fly on the wall during that conversation. So you as a listener may or may not be addressed maybe lightly here and there, uh, especially for things like, you know, an intro and an outro. But for the majority of the podcast, it's just two or three or four friends having a conversation about something they're passionate about. And that's just fun to listen to when you're doing chores or working during the day. Um, you know, even just having that on as background noise is preferable. And the more that they're talking about something you're interested in, uh, combined with them being people that you like, the more engaging that's going to be. Yeah. So just the difference there, you know, and like Nick said, the having two of people from your company doing that. So if we, we take this from a corporate environment setting, you know, if, or, or someone, maybe if you're in an e-learning services company or something out there, you know, you can have your leadership do it. Or um, like in Matt's case, even just, just three friends hanging out who, who care about the same interests. So it doesn't necessarily have to be your business uh, running the show, it can be just you know, a bunch of consultants hanging out together talking about stuff, or like what what we're doing here is kind of guest focused news 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 and guest focus kind of thing. So lots of different formats um, to go there. I, I'd also like to know how you guys decided your content. Well, for me, that was a pretty easy one because I decided that. Well, first, it started by you know there's this game that we play, a link to the past randomizer. I wondered if there was a podcast about it and realized that there wasn't, and then kind of had this flash of inspiration and said, well, I, I should be the one to make it. Um, so for me, I'm kind of lucky because the content was very clear, um, maybe a little less clear exactly how, um, you know, how we would structure it. Uh, would it be educational? Would it be conversational, you know, et cetera? And, and we kind of dip our toes into a little bit of all of that, um, mostly conversational, but that is, uh, you know, Kind of, kind of how that how that got started. 
yeah, for us, it's, you know, we're just getting started. So I think that's been one of the challenges, you know, we're trying to figure out what we want to do and, and going back to Matt, what you said about just, just getting into it, just doing that. I mean, I think that's, that's a big thing with content because it's, it's like, oh, I want to plan out these cool guests and these really interesting activities and co- topics, but it's like, Hey, who wants to be on a podcast? Let's just do some, some interesting stuff and see where it goes. That can be just as effective as having a nice plan out for, for a year's worth of content. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, we looked at a lot of different things to do. Uh, I think I, I made a word document with maybe 12 different, like, I don't know, maybe for lack of a better word, like segments, like, um, we maybe each time we come in and we share a story of a particularly bad race that we had. And we, that's something that we do every single week. Um, so we have that like segment loaded up. Um, maybe we explain things about the game because it's a very complicated game. It's, it's, a, it's really weird kind of niche subject, but um, it's a very complicated kind of puzzle of a game. And so there's a lot of information to unpack. And so we thought maybe we could help educate people and, even though I'm not great at the game, if I sit down and I research and I ask people who are smarter than me questions about it, I can eventually take all that information, put it on a Google Doc. I'm, I'm the Google Doc king. I'm, I'm all over those and sheets because um, they're great for planning stuff like this. I'll just, it starts with just a brainstorm, just like any project where you just write everything down and then you kind of go back through it and you organize it in ways that, um, you know, are a little more digestible or kind of have a flow to them. Um, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. So I'll just kind of end on this, but once you do put those notes together, I think it's really important that you don't feel like you have to be stuck to them. We kind of use our outline and our notes once they're finished and we're recording as sort of like a, I heard one podcaster refer to it as like, you're, you're, you have vines that you can swing to in the jungle and you can talk and talk and swing on this vine. And then when the conversation kind of dries up, you look to your outline and you have this vine and you can kind of jump on, you know, grasp that and say, ah, okay, well, anyway, and you know, you, you, you move things along and, and you never kind of get like dead in the water there. Um, but yeah, it's, it kind of starts with just throwing it all out there and then slowly piecing through everything that you just threw out to see what you can, you know, how you can organize that and and make it into something that people want to listen to. I think there's something to be said for just jumping in and getting started and allowing the conversation to occur organically. And for those of you listening, um, just so you know, I did put together an outline with some basic questions, but, um, you know, through our conversation today, um, you know, we're, having additional conversations. So uh, this is absolutely a living example of how that, how that occurs. And um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, so you mentioned piecing things together and editing. Um, and Nick, you mentioned Audacity. Are there any other softwares that you would recommend to people? There are a ton. Um, in school, we use Pro Tools and Logic, but there are all kinds of things. Those are all paid for programs. Um, the beauty of Audacity is that it's completely free. Um, it's fairly easy to cut up and splice, drag and drop. Um, and there are some uh, plugins already built in it, like EQ, equalization, compress- compression, uh, noise suppression. A lot of the bells and whistles that you might not even need to start but they're there and it's free and it's just super easy to get started with. Yeah. Right now um, for this podcast, I'm using Adobe audition, 
which a lot of you know instructional designers you might already have access to the Adobe Cloud uh, Creative Cloud, which so you've already got that. You know you might be doing training programs with you know Photoshop. You might be using Captivate and some other things. So you might already have the tools there um, as well. The cool thing too is a lot of phone programs. If you're just recording to your phone via like voice memo, they have all that cutting and splicing built into. So there's no shortage of free ways to be cutting up your podcast. You can do it from your phone, the editing. Mm -hmm. Wow. At least with Apple, I know the, the built in voice memo recorder has, you can like cut the ends off and I, I think you can cut in between and take sections out. Well, that's really cool. I guess uh, it all goes back to just jumping in and getting started and you don't really need a lot. So I think that's great. Um, another thing I wanted to point out to our listeners too, is that you don't all need to be in the same room together, especially given our current climate. Um, you know, when Mike and I were talking about recording this podcast, um, you know, I asked, well, how do you make considerations when you're all virtual? And we're actually, we're all on Zoom right now. We're on a Zoom call and we can see one another's faces. Our cameras are turned on. And um, if we need to say something to each other, we, we just chat back and forth um, and we're recording it. And then afterwards, Mike's going to take the audio files and make them pretty. So uh, you don't need to have a fancy sound booth. You just uh, can jump right in. Yeah, what's oh. great too is you can learn anything with this just by using YouTube. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've learned how to use and really a lot of the stuff I've done as an instructional designer of anything like Storyline and other platforms, I learned from YouTube. Um, lots of people do uh, lots of tutorials out there and, and walkthroughs and show you how to do all the different settings and the basic stuff. So that's even just YouTube searching will get you where you need to go. Yeah, I, I 1000% agree with that. I, any kind of problem that you're having, someone else has had it and they've answered it uh, and it's it's readily available to to kind of research. Um, so so that that's another thing that I hope, you know, people don't kind of get caught up on uh, is a lack of knowledge because you can learn the answer to anything out there just by searching for it. One thing that you are going to run into, not exactly a software thing, but um, as a podcast, I guess, to be sort of a true podcast, the way that most of us kind of think of, of that word is you want to be accessible on things like iTunes and Spotify. Um, so what that means is you need to get set up with an RSS feed, which is basically just like a page on a website where um, your podcast files are stored and also the metadata, like the title and the description and all of that um, live and get associated with that file. Uh, for me personally, uh, I kind of decided to streamline all of that. I pay a company called Castos uh, monthly uh, to just kind of handle all of that for me. They have a uh, WordPress plugin, um, from, if you're familiar with the website uh, platform WordPress, uh, plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting. And it is just that. It's, it's so easy to upload new episodes. Uh, everything just kind of gets hosted on the back end and it kind of spits out your RSS feed uh, that you can just copy and paste wherever you want. Um, mine is like 19 bucks a month, something like that. They have a lot of different plans or whatever, but they've been great every time I've needed any support. And uh, I think that's been really helpful for me because, you know, when I started, when I thought about starting a podcast, that was definitely the thing I was 
kind of the most scared about because I knew I could probably get a, a sound file together, but it's like, okay, now what do I do with this? You know, how, how do I get this? How do I get people to listen to this? And the easiest way is if you are accessible on iTunes and, and all of those platforms. And in order to do that, you gotta, you gotta get the RSS feed set up. So that's something you'll definitely want to have an answer to if you decide to get started. Yeah, we use anchor.fm for ours, um, which is kind of the first step of that process. We don't have all the bells and whistles and the ability to you know, integrate into other websites, but we haven't had to use that. So it kind of depends on what your needs are for sure. Um, and Anchor automatically puts it on Spotify because Anchor is a Spotify program platform. So um, Apple is a little bit harder. And I bet, uh, Matt, you probably get the value out of your money just by that helping to get it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're not through an RS feed, RSS feed that already does that for you, it's actually really difficult to get Apple Podcasts to accept your podcast. You have to have a certain number of episodes out there. You have to fill out an application form. It's we, We've been trying, and, and so far we haven't gotten approved to be on there yet. So uh, you can definitely see the difference in the paid service there. Nick, uh, do you guys use anything different for yours? We do, but I'm completely blanking on the name of it. Um, but it does push to all those, and I do recall hearing marketing say like yeah apple's being not very friendly and i think it's like a 24-hour turnaround for it too i actually hadn't heard that i'm i'm glad that we were able to get it in when we did with with relatively no fuss or muss um yeah that's that's tough but of course that's after you've created the content right so kind of back something important i think i want to add with the content is you know, you might want to jump in and, and, and get the feeling to like, I want to edit my voice, make it sound more bassy or treble, you know, add a bunch of stuff to it. Well, that was one of the, the benefits of, of talking to Nick as an audio engineer. Um, I was jumping into YouTube videos that were telling me to change all these settings, do all these compression effects, all these things. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and Nick took one look at it and was like, whoa, 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 this is out of control. Don't edit it. <laughs> like, leave it. It's usually good on its own with a little bit of a, uh, you know, spacing, editing, like you know, balancing. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. So, um, a lot of times people want to jump into that stuff and a lot of times you don't have to do that. So as long as you've got a good, decent microphone, you you know, where you're, how the distance from your, your face to the microphone, you know, all, the setting, all that kind of thing. Well, that's good to know. So simpler is better when it comes to your settings, when you're recording and when you're editing. And I appreciate you covering hosting. I was also wondering, you know, once you have your file, how can you get it out there? What is the best way to do that? Um, so I appreciate you talking about that. I was wondering. Yeah, don't um, be afraid I'm, to delegate in all things, but this this definitely applies. Yeah, have someone handle it for you if you can. I'm still very glad I don't have to handle it. And we have a whole marketing team that takes care of it. So I, I'm definitely fortunate in that front. I think that's a good segue to kind of another topic with this is using your network. I mean, the whole point of the three of us here talking with, with you, Jenny, is these are just my friends from the internet, basically, you know, that we've made over time with, with our hobbies, right? Um, that sounds weird to say my friends from the internet, so I'll cut that out. But, you know, we're talking about this was derived from my network, right? It was I needed some help with some audio, so I knew an audio engineer. I needed some help building a podcast, I knew someone who hosted one, right? So everybody has a network of people that have skills. You know, think about who's in your network that might be able to help you with this. Nick just said he was glad somebody from marketing handles this. You know, in your company, if you're doing this from a corporate environment, who in your in your organization can handle some of these tasks that maybe you're not experienced with? Uh, and, and same thing, maybe if 
you don't feel as comfortable being the host of the, of the, of the show or talking as much, you know, plan it out and work with someone who is more out there with their, their voice and wanted to be recorded. People love to be approached with stuff like that. If you go to someone and say, Hey, I recognize that you are an expert in this. Can you help me with that? Anyone who is your friend is going to say, absolutely. Uh, now you want to be sure you don't take advantage of people. That's maybe the one thing, you know, to be careful of is sometimes people will be too nice and you don't want to take advantage of that. But generally people are going to be more than happy to help you with, with this sort of thing. Yeah. It's why uh, Matt doesn't answer my calls after two in the morning. So. <laughs> not, not anymore. Not after one, the last one thirty. It's okay. Times. Two o'clock is cut off. One thirty is the cut off. Yeah. It is a really cool thing though, too. Like, especially with some like smaller to medium sized podcasts, everyone's just like, Hey, if you have any questions, reach out. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's criticism, constructive or not, or, um, like Matt said in the beginning, like, Hey, um, I want to start a podcast. What do I do? And that I'm sure was just fills you up with like, wow, that's awesome. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. Somebody likes my stuff so much that they want to do it too. So that's just, it's really cool that it's almost like a community that, never wants to help each other out. And remember why you're, why you're doing the podcast in the first place. You know, we're, we're talking here as a nonprofit membership-based organization trying to help people learn stuff. Uh, a lot of the folks listening, I know you're in learning and development, right? That's how you came to us in the first place. So you're, you're wanting to help people learn. So think about that. Maybe you're trying to drive sales and, and reach out to people if you're a, a consultant or a business, or maybe you're just trying to educate your employees if you're a large organization that needs to educate your employees about something, you know, think about that purpose uh, and, and drive towards that. Is there a situation where you had to learn something the hard way and what did you learn? I learned you, it is absolutely crucial that you make sure that your guests understand the audio responsibilities on their part, if they have any, before you have them on and have your recording session. Uh, we had a episode where we invited a guest on, um, was very gracious with their time and, and very knowledgeable in their subject and gave really great information. But unfortunately, uh, there was some problems with their microphone. We think, it, we think it was like a microphone cable or something where the audio that they turned into us afterwards was almost unusable. Uh, Basically, uh, it, it was not synced up correctly with the rest of the host talking. Um, the the audio quality it was like it was like a robot underwater, basically. Um, and uh, the the really difficult part was I had actually done an audio test with him beforehand, uh, where he turned in a clip of himself saying something, and I was like, "Yeah, the mic is kind of bad, but we should be able to handle that." Uh, unbeknownst to me, he had changed what mic he was using from that test to the actual recording. Um, so even trying to be thorough, you really can never be thorough enough. And um, the way that we record our podcast is we have all of the individuals record separately on Audacity like we are now. They all send them to me and then I sync them together and edit them. So because we did it that way, I didn't really have any backup audio. Um, so I learned two lessons. One, make sure you're very clear with your guest about the audio responsibilities on their end, if any. Number two, if at all possible, try to get some sort of backup of the whole conversation uh, so that you can at the very least piece back in their part of the audio if something does go wrong. So those were tough edits, uh, but definitely lessons well, well learned. We had a similar issue when we were still doing some tests before we actually started releasing some episodes 
where we did a, a sound check with somebody over the phone. Everything sounded good. They had AirPods in, which are actually great uh, alternatives if, to, if you have to be on a phone call. And then when they actually came for the recording date, they were in the car on speakerphone with windows cracked or something, but it was just, we got through the call. I'm like, we can't put this out. It's just, you can't understand them. Oh no. It yeah. It's tough terrible. when that happens. Cause it's, you know, it's tough to make time to record together. That's, that's another thing I think is a challenge of podcasting remote, which is what, what we do too. And we have a lot of guests on from all over the world, honestly. So like coordinating times is, is very difficult and it's tough to go to somebody after they've given you time and, and say, Hey, I'm sorry, but that conversation we had, it's, it's gone. Can we do it again? Like that's, I, I've never done that before and I never want to. Um, that's it's tough when stuff like that happens. Luckily they knew we were in the testing phase, so it was no harm, no foul, but it was kind of just like, Oh man, we really can't use this. Yeah. Same thing here. It's usually with audio to me is, is kind of where the struggle happens is when you're done and you've got a few weeks to work on it or however, you know, however long your, your window of, of work is for us, you know, this is a monthly podcast. So, you, you know, right now it's to, to re- reveal everything. It's only the middle of May and this will be out in June. So uh, when, you know, recording it. So, in a couple of weeks you're working on it, you get to the point and you're like, Oh, I can't use some of this. That's the worst feeling. Um, so I think one of the big tips that I use is make sure you stop your guest or stop the conversation to fix a problem right away and not just hope it's going to sound okay later. Cause it's not, if you, if you ever feel like it's maybe it's going to be okay, it's never going to be okay. So just stop it and make sure it's okay. Uh, a really common problem is if you wear, uh, Apple earphones or sorry, not necessarily Apple, just uh, if one common problem is if you're wearing earbuds uh, that have the microphone on the wire, a lot of times it'll rub against like a like I'm wearing a polo shirt right now, like it'll rub against the the your your pol- your collars or something on your shirt, and you'll hear that the whole time, and you really it's really hard to get rid of that unless you're like Nick, an audio engineer who knows some tricks, tricks or expensive plugins, but yeah, so similar to that, um, we've learned to definitely get a list of what they're going to be using, where they're expecting to be, if they're going to be in the office or like, I don't know, in the middle of the city in the park or whatever. But uh, the more information you can give them as far as, hey, make sure you're in a quiet environment, windows and doors shut. If you're using AirPods or uh, headphones, have a microphone on them, make sure it's not rubbing against anything. It's just kind of a, a checklist we send everybody now, but it only takes one time where it's not good audio. Another thing that's important too is to prep your guests or prep the other people. You know, again, if you're just doing it, it's you and your some friends or you and a coworker. You're gonna evolve a relationship of of who's doing what, who's talking, how you kind of the chemistry of how you're working together on the podcast, not talking over each other, that sort of thing. But when you have kind of a new person like we do every time, you you need to kind of establish some some basic items like a little list and say, okay, you know, please wear headphones when you can use the best microphone you have that's accessible, you know, do a delay check. You want to know the delay and the time, you know, so you don't talk over each other, things like that. So I, I think it's important to, to, to preface the guests to, uh, to be ready. It also helps in my experience, just calming them down. Um, it, it certainly helps if somebody is a seasoned speaker, um, they can talk for an hour straight and not have any problem. But if you have someone who's a little nervous, just, kind of the more they talk in the beginning, the more comfortable they're going to feel. They won't speed through everything just to try to get everything out. out like I kind of feel like I've been doing earlier, but it's, it's definitely a, okay, take a deep breath, relax. 
we're just talking. It's just conversation. Easy peasy. That's definitely been my experience as well. Absolutely. And you get to edit it at the end. These are not live events. Some people will. <laughs> we'll do live events, and that's cool. But this is a product that you're creating, essentially, um, just like you would create a training program using Storyline or something. You know, So you take the time to edit out things. Add some space. I talk really fast. It's a very Michigan thing, right, to talk really fast and put words together. Uh, so I will often add space uh, because silence is weird, right? Um, and that's part of that, too, is be okay with hearing your own voice, uh, understanding silence. Um, again, things that if you do voiceovers for training, you're probably experienced, but it, but it is really bizarre to hear your voice for the first hundred times. So that's, that's something that's just kind of bizarre in there. Yeah. I feel like my Michigan accent really comes out when I can hear myself talking on a recording. Uh, so Nick, you mentioned that you have put together podcasts for some of your HR clients. Did you put any together for um, training purposes? So I actually work for a company called Ready Training Online. Um, we specialize in convenience store, restaurant, hotel. Um, we've done some commercials and stuff like that. But we have everything hosted on our website. So ours was kind of a way to reach the clients in addition to the training. Um, our president who started the podcast is very client oriented. He wants to just reach as many people as he can to help them out in any way he can. And this was just an extra way to reach people from the C-suite level to entry level positions. And so far it's, we've had feedback from our clients who've, who've listened to the podcast and they said it's, a, it's just a, been a great tool to use in conjunction with the actual training modules we do. And do you know how your clients are hosting them internally or do you, does your company work to host the podcast and then share with your clients? We have it through our actual website. Um, we have a, a website called Culture of Convenience where we host it as well as through um, Spotify, Apple Music, the, the general podcasting sources. So I, I promise I'm not a paid sponsor for Castos. Uh, but I am going to uh, promote them again, only because I know that they do have this exact service. Um, obviously, I don't know anything about it because it's not something I'm getting into, but it, I do see, you know, in their newsletters and on their website, they are specifically uh, trying to get in the market of doing this exact sort of thing where a company will put out a podcast and then subscribers need to log into your website or their website to access them and get updates on what's happening in the community. Maybe you want to highlight members or, or of the company. Maybe you want to highlight, you know, employees uh, in that way. So they're like specific podcasts just for that organization. Um, and it's kind of a subscription based sort of thing. Again, I don't know prices or anything like that, but they offer it. I'm sure there are probably other companies that offer that same sort of thing. And it goes back to the idea of delegation, you know, letting other people handle the things that you either can't do or don't have the time to do. And, um, that's definitely one of them. And then for us too, we have obviously our marketing team marketing the podcast itself, but we have um, blogs and newsletters that we send out to our clients each month or whatever the time cycle is on that. So there's just a revolving door for us of promoting and cross promoting within the company. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of companies have intranets internally where they can market their podcasts um, and then direct the learners 
to the site where the podcast is being hosted. There are also some podcasts, there, there are uh, podcast networks are very much like TV networks where they will have a, you know, uh, a handful, you know, maybe 15 to 20 shows that uh, they help produce. They're all kind of under the umbrella and they will uh, also have things where they will send you, maybe if you're like a, a subscriber to the network and you pay a certain amount per month, now you get access to bonus content. So they'll give you a new RSS feed that you get through an email that you specifically put into your Apple podcast or whatever, you know, whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. And now you have access to new hidden episodes that you wouldn't get unless you were, you know, unless you were paying. Um, so that is another way I know that you can essentially kind of gate a podcast uh, behind sort of like a subscription in that way. Of course, there are ways to to circumvent that, but I, I think, you know, people who are willing to pay for that sort of thing usually are, are willing to pay for that sort of thing, for lack of a better way to say that, um, you know, they're, they're okay with paying a little bit for something that they enjoy listening to and, and want to, you know, contribute to. Yeah, it all goes back to that, what's the purpose of your podcast? You know, if it's a sales reach issue digital marketing and Matt, you know, I'm sure you can speak to more of this on the digital marketing side of things. You know, it's, if you're trying to reach new customers as a vendor uh, versus try to educate your employees or versus a community experience, kind of like what we do, where it's kind of for everybody, you know, how you market it, how you approach it, the content, everything goes back to that issue. So I, th I think even though it's n not that important to plan out the individual content of episodes so much, uh, to let it flow. I mean, you want to plan a little bit. I think it's very important to plan out what your purpose is. Just like, again, just like you would do a training program. What is the learner going to get out of this um, as, a, as in a macro level? Yeah, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. Begin with the end in mind, as they say. We'll continue this conversation in a minute after this announcement. Here's how you can be involved with ATD Detroit. We have our monthly chapter meetings every second Tuesday evening of the month. These are interactive and engaging experiences, so they're more than just another webinar. Members of ATD Detroit and guests are welcome, although members receive a significant discount at all chapter events. Everyone is invited to our monthly online networking lunch times. Grab your lunch, turn on your microphone and camera, and join us for a break with conversation and fun. The monthly network events are free for chapter members and guests and take place around the middle of the month. The last week of every month is our special interest group week. We like to call these SIGs. Come be part of our networking and discussion with your local community of practice. Right now we have a SIG for those interested in facilitation, storytelling, and instructional design. These groups are free as an exclusive benefit to chapter members. You can find registration information and more details about these events and more at DetroitATD.org. As a digital marketer, I would say the one place where that kind of in there intersects with podcasting the most is in writing show notes. So I think this is something where probably a lot of people, it's like, okay, I record the podcast, I put the podcast out. If you want to hear what we said, just go listen to it. It's, it, it's low effort to be able to do that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people like to be able to just kind of like pump out an audio file and have that be the end of the day. But uh, 
one thing that I know kind of as, as you know, a guy who, who does a lot of SEO is by taking that conversation and transcribing, not to say you have to transcribe the entire thing, although there are people who do that, even just kind of giving the broad strokes of the topics that you talk about, linking to some of the things that you mentioned almost as kind of like references. Um, not only is that really helpful for a listener who is maybe, you know, has their interest piqued by something that one of your hosts says and wants to go look into it. You know, it's really convenient for you to provide that for your listener. But now you've also put that on Google on your website that hosts that description. And that description gets rehosted on dozens of other sites that jump at the chance to rehost these podcasts. Um, now you've got that all over the internet. So if anyone is searching for what you talked about is a very good chance that they're going to end up on your podcast website or on its, you know, Spotify or Apple equivalent or whatever the case may be. So um, that is a great way to market your podcast without having to actively go out and, you know, pay for advertising or, um, you know, do anything like that. It's, it's sort of passive in that way. And it's definitely something I would recommend making sure that you have a plan for is just, you know, making sure that the words of your podcast are digital and can be found on Google and crawled and uh, found found that way. And Matt, I really like what you do with your podcast because you have, you know, an hour and a half to two hour long podcasts, which you know, it, it, a, it fills a niche. So it's a little longer than I think most podcasts that we would do for from a business standpoint, but it's you a have little, little longer than two, I know. Right. It's, it's, but it's great. You get a lot. <laughs> I get a lot of dishes done during the two hour, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot I have of trouble chores. editing down. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But you put timestamps, right? And, and right. you tell people where to go for the important stuff. I mean, our, at least this podcast, usually we're around 35 to 45 minutes. It's not quite the length you'd need for p- timestamps. But when you get close to that hour mark, it, you know, it's convenient. And like you said, for that search engine optimization, that gives you more words for your notes to direct to things like who the guests are, what the topic's going to be. You know, if you're getting to the, uh, you know, we have, we do a book review. You, you'll hear after this conversation, Jenny, Jenny prepared a book review. You know, we'll put the copy, the title of the book right in the notes. So someone searching for that book might stumble upon our podcast is, is the hope. Exactly. And I think for um, a training application, you could maybe even take that a bit, a step further and perhaps include links to associated e-learning courses or job aids that might be out on your intranet, photos, or any other associated material I think you could include in those show notes. And I think that's a really great idea. My, um, my favorite history podcast they always list their references and the journals that they've referenced. And uh, they'll include interesting pictures and things like that as well. So I think there's a lot that you can really use those show notes for. And I didn't realize that marketing was one of them. So that's a really great perspective. So thank you for sharing that. There's a a lot of great reasons to make sure that you have good show notes, the marketing, um, just, you know, kind of going the extra mile for your listener, like you said, and and giving them an opportunity to follow up on something that you might've mentioned. Um, Almost kind of like, you know, there are some podcasts that are less conversational, which is, you know, what I'm familiar with and mostly what what we've been talking about. And there are ones that are very well produced, like the kind of shows you hear on like NPR and things like that, Um, you know, like public broadcasting. And those, you know, it's expected they're going to 
you know, cite their sources and, and you know, show where they got their information from. So just a, another reason um, why I think it's, it's a, a really great idea to be thorough with those show notes. You can also put your podcast in uh, storyline files and courses. So one way I've seen done where if you want your users to, to, to uh, be more motivated to, to listen to it, we'll say, uh, you know, you can put it in a course in your LMS, put the audio file in there and give them credit for listening to the podcast in that sense. Um, I, I'm sure there's also, it depends on the LMS that you have, but there are some ways to integrate it into those where that you would get credit for listening to podcasts and, you know, depending on um, what you use. So, you know, if you want your, if say you're in a, a larger organization and you want the material to be distributed, you know, you can, you can integrate it directly into there. It doesn't have to just be this outside uh, idea like a lot of us use it. That's a really great tip. I hadn't thought about that. And um, I think that's, yeah, that would be really helpful because you would think everyone in your company knows how to get to that LMS. Um, and then you would also have the opportunity, you know, within that course, if you wanted to attach additional job aids or additional information or have an assessment included with that as well. So, yeah. No, so like one way you could do it, I've seen it done. Um, not, you know, this isn't a promotion from ATD Detroit, but success factors um, is commonly used by a lot of companies as an LMS where they have kind of a note page for all these different uh, issues at their company. So they may have a, a policy page for all the major policies. Well, you could create a podcast with people talking about a, a, an important policy and how it applies at your company or really any topic that you have. And then you can implant, you can um, import it, integrate it right onto that page where the policy is there. So you say, here's a policy and then here's the, you know, the CFO and somebody else talking about how the policy applies and having a conversation about it. They don't always have to be, you know, the funnest, <laughs> exciting, hobby-based podcast. It can just be some people talking about something, having a conversation about that to enhance the learning from that. And it'll be right there on the page if you want it to be. Excellent. You guys have so many wonderful ideas. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, do you have any parting tips for our learners? Uh, I said it before, and I'll, I'll just say it one more time. Just get out there and do. You, you, it's, it starts with action. Um, you know, maybe put a plan together, but don't be afraid to put something out there that's not good. You know, that's you, your first few episodes, they're allowed to not be that great. As long as each one gets better and you kind of learn from your mistakes and listen to your listeners and, you know, do your due diligence to get the show out there and get people listening to it. If you're passionate about what you're talking about and you believe in the idea, just keep doing it. And that will shine through. And that's what people are, are going to want to listen to in my experience. So, uh, you know, I'd, I wish I had like a really, you know, uh, specific kind of advice. So always make sure you do that. Just, it doesn't even matter what you do, just start doing something. Cause that is, that is how podcasts really get made. I think that 100%, um, when we started ours, we saw a statistic that most podcasts and ended after the ninth episode. So that was our goal. We set a goal. We just got to get through nine episodes. And then from there, we just, just set little goals. Just, okay, we got to get to the next 10 threshold and you just got to keep bumping them out. Oh, bank a couple episodes. That's something that I've heard podcasters say, and I could definitely agree with, um, 
recording one episode and putting it out there is, is kind of scary. Uh, you know, it's, there's like no guarantees after that. I think record one, uh, throw it away, <laughs> record another one. That's your first episode. Record one more. That's your second. Now think about maybe releasing. Um, I think it's good to kind of have two right out the gate. Cause then if someone likes the first one and they want to almost essentially kind of binge, you know, the second one, then they're like, they kind of decide if they're on board, maybe a little better than if you just had one. So um, that is some, some more podcast advice that I heard that I'm, I'm passing along here. It also shows you real too. I think if you just do one, yeah. no one knows if you're coming back, but if you do two or three, it's like, okay, I'm, you, you put some work into this. I'll stick around. Yeah. Um, and kind of along those lines with this. So we did two episodes to start with. I recorded two back in February. We put them out in March and then have gone from there. The other thing is space out your development time. You know, just like you would a project in training and development, space out the time so that you can actually attain that. Um, you know, and there's a difference. We're doing this as, a, as volunteers, so we need a month to make sure we, we have time. Uh, maybe if it's part of your day job, part of your work, you can do biweekly or, 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 or quicker ones. But, you know, give yourself time because it, it's not great to miss the deadline. We say we're doing a monthly podcast. Well, we need to put a monthly podcast out there, right? Uh, no excuses and all that, even as volunteers. So just be careful that you give yourself enough time. Um, and then, you know, and, and be able to book, if you're doing guests, book the guests enough. You know, right now I've got enough in the pipeline that in the next month I'll have three or four episodes done. So, you know, the idea is that you're kind of planning out depending on how far out you can do it. That's a great it, idea to have a bank in case you have a vacation or something happens, you know, if you know you have the time to put a couple together and have them in reserve, then you'll be ahead of the game. So I like that. We did the same thing. We, we had three to start. Um, we released three, but we are weekly. So anytime that we have the time, we, we knock one out real quick. We record another one. So right now I think we're three episodes ahead but it's definitely tough when we get behind and it's okay. We have a deadline Tuesday morning comes early. We have a week to put this together. So definitely if you can get ahead, get ahead. Just to, just to be really difficult here also for a second um, that that's, you know, more or less, uh, the, the approach that our show takes, we pretty much have like a two week cycle where we brainstorm for a few days, record. Um, I have a couple of days to edit. Uh, then it comes out and then, you know, we have another break and it kind of is, you know, cyclical like that. I will say, you know, maybe you have an idea for a podcast where uh, you watch a show and you record your thoughts to the show immediately after and you post it immediately after you record it. So there's very little editing, but you have the benefit of, say, if you were watching the show at night, your episode is out by the next morning and people can listen to your initial reactions of you know what they thought. So that's just one example of like, you know, you don't need to edit a whole bunch. You don't need to bank three or four episodes. That's still a very listenable podcast it's just done very differently. So there, there are a lot of different kind of approaches you can take if you have a solid idea that, that you're passionate about again. Yeah, and it depends too on if you need to do research. Uh, you know, in this podcast, I don't have to do a lot of research because it's more of what the guest has to offer and the conversations we're going to have. You know, I, I just need to know a little bit about what they're doing because we planned it. Um, but, you know, but if you're doing a podcast that where you're showcasing what you know, you might have to do a little more research to plan out your content. So it's kind of what Matt was saying, like your, your, your gimmick, your, your, your niche is going to drive what you actually have to do. 
And that goes back to knowing your purpose. So I think that's a really great first, first step. Know your purpose and start. Have a direction in mind. Hey, it's Mike. Just jumping in real quick. I wanted to preface the next segment here as something that I commonly do at the end of all podcast recording sessions is I ask my guests if there's anything else they want to add and then tell them I'll put it back in where it fits uh, to make it kind of a cohesive episode. Well, in this case, I wanted for you all to hear kind of the raw audio of just what we talk about at the end, just so you know. Uh, so normally what would come up is we would say the things that you're about to hear and then I would edit them back to where they belong. Um, but I'm not doing that. So you're going to just hear kind of how we would reset a question and, and reset kind of the guests on something to be able to work on. All right, let it roll. I want to add something that I want to put back near the beginning. But when we talked about equipment, can we just say what uh, what microphones we're using just so people can get a idea of what it sounds like, at least here? So Jenny, could you just ask us what equipment we're on right now? So speaking of equipment, I'm curious to know what kind of microphones we're all using. Uh, Mike, what kind do you have? So I've probably the cheapest here. It's uh, the blue snowball. You can, it's really, you know, 40 to $60, pretty cheap, works pretty well. Um, and you can kind of hear that in my voice. It works well enough. I have a Rode Procaster that I'm going into um, and into a Behringer audio interface. The fancy stuff. The fancy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm using a Yeti Blue. I probably Googled like what's a good podcast mic and found this. I, I think I got it off of Craigslist for about $90 and a, and a 45 minute drive. Um, and I've got a pop filter, which I don't know, probably doesn't do a whole lot, but it definitely makes me feel like a, a fancy podcaster. Um, and oh, uh, speaking of, uh, this is kind of speaking of equipment, more speaking to audio quality. Um, what kind of mic you have is great. And, you know, the more you spend, probably the better the quality will get. But there is a lot to be said for recording uh, discipline and, and the way, you know, how close you get to the mic, um, you know, how much you're breathing into it, how much you eliminate your background noise. Uh, that's another thing I've learned with having a lot of different guests on is how far just like good uh, recording technique goes to, to giving you good audio. You can, you can have a, a rock band microphone, a plastic, you know, $10 USB microphone. And if you record into it well and eliminate your background noise, uh, this is, you know, going to sound better than a super nice microphone that you record, you know, half halfway across the room from with the fan blaring, you know, I've always been a big advocate on, you don't need the most expensive high tech equipment to get a good product. Um, I have the equipment I have because I work as an audio engineer and I do recording gigs on the side. So it's just stuff that I've acquired, but you can do very, very good work with lower end stuff. Um, but it's also about how knowing how to use it. Um, my microphone is a dynamic microphone, so I need to be real close to it, but it gives you that kind of like radio boominess to it. My voice is not very boomy naturally, so it's just a fun little flair it has to it. Um, I believe both Mike and Matt's microphones are considered condensers. So they're going to capture more of the room. So they don't need to be close to it, but they can be. And it's going to give the closer you are to it, the more of the boominess you're going to get. Like if I step, sit back here, 
you lose all the the depth, the meat to it. But if I get real close to it here, as I think this is where Mike will insert our actual audio, um, you get a lot of that low end. So it's just kind of knowing how to use it. And it's a lot of it's just experimenting, just play around with it, see how you can get the best sound and go with that. Yeah, we would even do that episode to episode. You know, I would release one and be like, oh, I sound really tinny. And then the next episode, make a slight tweak. And, you know, over the course of five or six episodes, finally get to a point where it, you know, sounded the way I wanted it. Yeah, and I'm just a loud person in general. And that's, if you were to look at, I'm looking at my wave, the audio file right now, and it's really tall, meaning it's it's off the scale loud. I'm going to edit it down so it's not, if I were to put the raw video in right now, it would be it would just be popping your your speakers probably. Um, but what Nick said about real audio, so we're on Zoom right now talking. So all of this podcast that you've been listening to for the most part is going to be the Zoom compression audio, what it took from the internet to my computer as we were recording. Um, but while we were record, while we were doing this, the three of us also recorded actual audio using Audition or Audacity. And so about right now, if I've edited this correctly, <laughs> you should be hearing a little different sound. It should be fuller. It probably sounds a lot better. That's our actual sound from our computer. So, you know, you can see the difference in what you're doing. You know, if you were doing an in-person recording, you're going to get that kind of sound versus using Zoom. And there's other things you can do with the internet to other platforms. It doesn't have to be Zoom. Um, you, there are actually some services that you can call in and they'll record your podcast and then send you the file as well. I don't remember any of the names offhand. I don't know. Has anybody dealt with those before? Not familiar with those. No. But there are some out I'm there. I'm not that, surprised to hear it's a thing. Yeah. So you, just kind of like with the service you were talking about, Matt, with the publishing, you can get a, a development, basically a, a file where everybody calls in, especially if you have guests, they'll all call in at the same time. You'll have a time assigned to you. It will record it, but that's going to be the phone audio. And that's perfectly fine too. It doesn't have to be the fancy audio like we have. And now back to your normal audio about right here. Hey, it's Mike. One more time cutting in. Uh, just again to show you how easy it is to cut in whatever audio in post. This is about a week after we actually recorded the session and I'm here to add in some notes here. So original plan was that I recorded everything through Zoom uh, and then we also recorded ourselves individually during the meeting or during the recording uh, using Audacity and Adobe Audition and I was going to splice in uh, the high quality audio from Audition and Audacity right here. However, once I did that, I couldn't actually tell the difference. So I think it's pretty incredible that Zoom, if you turn on uh, the function called original sound, and everybody has to do it, uh, original sound, that it will basically record it uncompressed and give you the real audio recording that is just as good as if you used uh, any other platform like Audacity and Audition. So this is actually a really cool test that I didn't, didn't even know I was running. Um, I thought I was gonna show you some really crazy different audio system here, but it but Zoom did a really good job at putting in the real audio. Um, of course, we're using our microphones, our professional level microphones. So you're hearing the real audio through those, but Zoom didn't treat it any differently than if we had used kind of on our own computers, our own uh, platforms like Audacity or Audition. So very cool stuff there. All right, time to send you back to the recording. Speaking of microphones and making sure that you're close enough, um, how do you suggest one handles breathing? And this is a basic question, but some podcasters that I've listened to, I can hear every breath they take before they say their sentence. 
and others seem to just, you, you can't hear it. It's so natural. Do you guys have any tips for that? Hire a good editor. I've had a lot of times that, um, unfortunately people are always going to breathe and there's always going to be somebody who runs out of air and then goes, <gasps> you just, you have to just cut it and then just reduce it or just get rid of it entirely. Um, but it, it also comes down to what kind of microphone you're using. Um, breaths can be kind of in the higher frequencies. So microphones, um, and I think a, a lot of like the, the headphones that have the mic in, built into them, that's going to capture a lot of those breaths a little more jarringly. Is that right? Is that even a word? Um, and a microphone like this that has more of a lower presence, you're not really hearing much of that higher frequency. And it's also, like I said, a dynamic microphone. So it's really only capturing a small window of space in front of it. I've never edited breath out of our podcast. And, and I didn't even know that was a thing people did. And no one has said anything to me about it. So there you go. <laughs> I do it a lot uh, on my trainings. And this, in this podcast, I'll do it too. Um, it's just, again, I'm a, a large guy very loud <laughs> and then I take big breaths I forget to breathe sometimes and you're just gonna hear that so uh, you just get used to it so in that the kind of the segue on that is you know learn what your voice sounds like learn what your tendencies are and adjust that like I worked with Nick for a while on how to use the limiter uh, function because of how loud I am you know no matter how, how far away I put my microphone it's I'm gonna be off the chart so we've worked together on that and for us, a big thing is just making it sound natural. Um, if you take out every single um and stutter and stammer, it's going to sound robotic. It's going to sound weird. Some things you just have to leave in. And so we leave plenty of ums in um, and, and breaths. It's just, it's kind of the big jarring ones that are more distracting than they are relevant that you want to take out. Yeah, I think that's that's the key, especially for me in, in my show, is I tend to leave things in because, again, you know, if you're a fly on the wall and you're listening to this conversation, it's just how people talk. Sometimes they take a weird breath. Even though you're making a podcast that's going to, you know, theoretically last forever, people will listen to it and a moment will be gone and they'll forget about it. There'll be times where I use the wrong word or... Uh, you know, completely trail off and then pick it up. And I'll leave stuff like that in because I think that's just how people talk. And it's also just kind of, you know, I, I can't be a perfectionist about this. And it goes back to, you know, when I was talking about that before and just kind of letting go. I think that also can come through in your editing or maybe lack of editing, depending on the kind of show you want. You know, if you want something really crisp and produced, then you will have to go through and, and clean up a lot of those breaths. Um, but there are a lot of shows that are valid that are more just kind of a general conversation. And as long as the audio is clear enough, it's, you know, you, you're going to be okay. Don't, don't worry too much about something like that as you're getting started would be my advice. It's also going to take you just a long time to edit. You know, really your baseline Absolutely. is you at least are going to listen to the whole thing once as you edit, right? And you're probably going to listen to it again to make sure it's correct at the end. Uh, so, you know, if you recorded an hour of material, you're at least guaranteeing yourself three hours of editing without taking picky stuff out. So think about how many times you might listen. You know, if you've never edited something, it's 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 kind of rough that first couple times to see what that's like. I don't know if uh, Nick or Matt... Nick, you're the, you're kind of the big editor, right? Like, how how, uh, how painful can some of these editing sessions get for you? 
Well, as your guests or your hosts get more comfortable behind the microphone, it's a lot more cohesive. There's a lot less cutting and splicing, but especially early on when everyone's, um, I don't, um, it's just like, and like you said, an hour is the easy three hours of editing, especially like it, it, it all depends on how much you have to take out, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an undertaking. Yeah. And, you know, it, this is another one of those things I had to just do and not think too much about, you know, I, most people aren't comfortable listening to themselves. I was no exception to that. Finally just had to like, you know, I recorded our first podcast and then I, I uh, put it on my phone and then I dr- took a drive and listened to it in the car and tried to just pretend for a second that I hadn't recorded it and that I was just listening to it. And does this sound interesting? Is it listenable? Uh, and then, you know, after a little bit of convincing decided, yeah, okay, it's, it's listenable. You know, I could, I could maybe give this to somebody and they might want to listen to it. Um, so yeah, again, I think it's something that, you know, maybe a lot of people get in their heads about, and I just want to encourage people not to overthink something like that. Cause I would hate for that to be a barrier to somebody. Yeah, but still definitely listen to it at the end. Um, it is a little bit of a work to get it published. You know, you're taking the time to make the show notes, put it through whatever service you're using, market it you know the the worst feeling is when you listen to it later and it's already published and you hear yourself repeat the same thing that you were supposed to take out and you hear yourself repeat the same thing that you were supposed to take out or something that you're like oops meant to take that one out and uh you know let's prevent that awkwardness by just take one more lesson through before you post it it's a good tip mike did you notice the the episode of the show that i do that i released today there's a laser sound at the very beginning of it Oh, you're putting me on the spot that I haven't listened to it yet. No, that's okay. I just, <laughs> but now so, I'm going to listen just, for it. That's funny. That's an, oh, you can't miss it because okay, there is good. accidentally a laser sound at the very first thing you hear. Oops. Yeah. Not a big deal. You know, like I I, I could re-upload it and, and, you know, I could lose sleep over it. But I think at the end of the day, it's like by the time people realize it, it's over, it's gone. And, you know, you got to keep perspective of what's important. But, yeah, it's, yeah. It, things happen. In that perspective, again, I mean, I think I've said it five, six times now. What is the purpose of your podcast? You know, if it's for sales, maybe you're spending more time on it because it's going to be a, a recruiting tool, right? Or a vendor expand. You know, it's a it's a finance tool. Um, if it's for learners, you know, we have a, a, a threshold of error that we're we're tolerating, right? When we make our training tools. So, another tip with listening back, um, in addition to just hearing any last minute fixes you might have. Um, if you listen to them on different medium mediums, um, whether it's say you're editing on your computer, if you throw it in your car and listen to it, you might hear things that you didn't hear before might sound crystal clear and perfect in your headphones, but then you take it to your car or on your phone and it doesn't. So that that's a tip we picked up in school. Um, just listen to it across as many mediums as you can, and you'll definitely hear it a couple different ways. And Nick, on that line, you, the other day you just told me something really, really good was don't necessarily, if you can not be, if, if you can have somebody else be the, the, the mixer versus the, ma- the, what was it, the master? Yeah, mix, mixing versus mastering. So in, in the mixing process, you're hearing the same song hundreds of times, um, hours of your day spent listening to this. So if you go to do the mastering process, which is just kind of uh, getting it ready for um, distribution the last steps, making sure it's all cohesive, properly loud, radio ready. Um, you don't want to have the same person listening to it. Obviously that there are situations you have to, but it's just all about getting fresh ears on it. 
if you're hearing the same thing over and over again, you're going to miss a lot of things, little slip ups, you're kind of going to completely ignore. But if I give it to somebody else, Hey, get, take a listen to this. And they might say, Oh, do you know that you have 30 seconds of silence in the middle of it? Well, yeah, you don't want that. So you got to take that out. Yeah. And the reason that happened was actually in the last episode of this podcast, the fourth one, uh, you know, I'm just editing with my own audio and everything sounds like fine, fine audio levels. And Nick's like, Hey, did you know that your music is way too loud at the beginning? I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine. And then we took a little look at it and we're like, wow, that's my, my audio is fine. But, uh, if y'all thought that was a little loud, I got you next time. Don't worry. We're going to fix that. So we got to learn. And that goes back to what Matt said a lot. You know, you're going to learn over time. Just, just jump in, try stuff figure it out as you go. All right. Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you guys so much. I, I feel like I have enough to, to hit the ground running and I'm really excited just to jump in and start, start recording and trying things. So um, I hope that all of you out there have learned just as much as I have and that you too feel confident that you can hit the ground running and start creating your own podcasts. Thanks so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was fun. I'll just pull put a plug out. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to join us here on the podcast, you know, like we just talked about, we just sort of go from month to month with some cool ideas and, and cool folks. And you are all cool folks listening to this. So uh, you can email me uh, at president at DetroitATD.org. If you've got an idea, you just got something you want to chat for about a half an hour or so, we'll get you on here. It's fun for everybody. Hopefully, Nick and Matt, you'll you'll agree that this was a fun time. <laughs> oh yeah! Hey, any like I said, anytime someone wants to talk to me about podcasting, I'm there. Yeah, I don't like to talk a lot, but if it's about audio, I'll just talk your ear off. It's great. And I want to thank Jenny for hosting this one. Uh, Jenny, you, you wanted to jump into this one, and I'm really hoping that you'll re- come back and, and host a couple more for us. So you don't. Have, we're not going to put you on the spot right now, but hopefully, you'll we'll we'll, we'll try to get you back. All right, my wheels are turning. Each month, ATD Detroit is sharing one of our favorite books with you. This month's book is entitled 101 Ways to Make Learning Active Beyond the Classroom by Elaine Beek. As the title promises, this book provides many learning reinforcement activities that can be incorporated into today's popular training delivery methods. These methods include virtual instructor-led training, e-learning, blended learning, on-the-job training, and more. This book is a must-have in any training professional's toolbox. ATD in the D Today is produced by the Detroit Chapter of the Association for Talent Development. Learn more about ATD Detroit at DetroitATD.org. The podcast is created with support from the ATD Detroit Board of Directors, with special thanks to production consultants Matt Nadolny and Nick Harmon. Have a question or a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast? Send it to president at DetroitATD.org.